0: Greetings, podcast listeners, uh, Tabernacle Baptist Church members and guests alike. We're so glad you're listening to this podcast uh, on Reading Revelation today. This is week two. My name is Art Wright. I'm a member at Tabernacle, and we have a special guest. Uh, I have a special guest joining me in the Zoom studio today, Reverend Kristen Koger from Decatur, Georgia. Uh, is joining me to discuss Revelation together. Uh, For those of y'all that don't know, Kristen was our pastoral resident for a couple years, but has been in Georgia uh, for the past several years working and serving in a church there. Uh, Kristen, we're so glad you're here. We're so glad you could join us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad we can make this work. So I wonder if you can tell us just briefly um, what you're up to in Georgia, how things are going and, you know, how you and, and your church, your congregation are sort of navigating the pandemic right now.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been at my church uh, three years. Today is actually my third year anniversary. Oh so uh, <laughs> it's a little funny to be reconnecting with Tabernacle, uh, which is the church that sent me to where I serve now. I'm at First Baptist Indicator. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're doing okay. Uh, I mean, as as okay, I feel like as churches can be in this time. Um, we have officially been doing virtual church for three months. Um, and we'll continue that for a while, I can imagine. Um, so it's it's been a very interesting time trying to figure out how to uh, be a pastor uh, to children and families in a time that is just so extremely stressful uh, for parents with mm. children um, on every single front. I feel like, um, and so we're we're figuring it out as we go and are uh, learning how to be flexible and. Um, I feel like have leaned well into the fact that things have to change and that is okay. Um, And even in the midst of the pandemic, I feel like we kind of shift course or make adjustments every uh, couple of weeks or so. Um, And so while it is exhausting uh, to have a constantly moving target, um, it has been a, an incredible learning experience um, for me, you know, still as a young minister and, and getting to know this church. So Uh, overall, we are hanging in there and gearing up for a summer of virtual VBS and all the (laughs) other things. (laughs) So uh, lots of learning for everyone.
0: Yeah, it's hard to know how how best to serve families right now Mm -hmm. and how best to serve our congregation. We are, you know, we're off the map. We're we're sort of all making this up as we go. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And and there's comfort in that and, and also not you know, it's good to know I'm not alone in it, but I also hate I'm not alone in it uh, because of the situation that it means. So, you know, fellow travelers on the journey okay. <laughs> in the midst of it
0: on the Zoom journey.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't tell you how good it is to hear your voice and and get to talk and. For the podcast listeners, they um, don't know we, we got to um, catch up a little bit before uh, this podcast now. And it's it's just been really good to to talk to you and catch up and hear how you're doing. And it is hard and yeah. the uncertainty that stretches indefinitely into the future is hard. It, it sounds like our church and your church are sort of managing in similar ways. All right. So. Kristen, I'm wondering if you can so podcast is about Revelation. We are sort of reading Revelation or at least parts of Revelation with an eye to how it might speak to us today in our present context. I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners a little bit about your background with Revelation.
1: Yeah. Um so I don't have a an extensive one. <laughs> um I was in seminary uh, when Art was teaching there at BTSR and he offered a revelation class, but I had a different class that I was required to take that was at the same time. Um, and then the time or two that he's offered uh, sessions on revelation at Tabernacle, I was working on the church staff and working with children. So I um, haven't really had a whole lot of experience or exposure, I guess, of um a revelation from art's perspective. Uh, I was trying to think of like the first, first experience or introduction I had to it. Um, and I don't think I realized this at the time. Um, but when the Left Behind series came out, uh, they also came out with a version that was for children. Um, and I distinctly remember reading at least the first six books in the series. There are 40 books oh in, the, in the series. <laughs> so um, I remember reading those, but I don't think I realized that it was books about Revelation or, you know, the rapture or any of that stuff. Uh, I think in my mind, I was probably a late elementary or early middle schooler. Um, It was just another set of young adult dystopian novels. Um, And so uh, that's all that I really remember um, about it. The only reason I know there's 40 books is because I looked that up on the internet before this podcast. Um, So I don't have a whole lot of, of depth of knowledge when it comes to the book itself.
0: It's my hunch is that those books were less about revelation and more about making money.
1: Yes. (laughs) Right. And teaching you like to be a good kid so that uh, I I read um, again in my research before this podcast, that one of the kids was left behind because he had stolen his father's credit card. Um, oh. so I, uh, you know, it was probably like, be a good kid or else this is what will happen. <laughs> so, <Morality> um,
2: tale.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's, I'm very, very basic intro level revelation, uh, knowledge. That's okay. <clears throat> well, you listened to the
0: podcast last week, so you mm-hmm. are probably, you know, better off than 95% of the people in the world already. Okay.
1: Well, there, that's there we go.
0: That's <laughs> Such an outstanding job.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, one of the things we didn't get to last week for the sake of time was I wanted to share a little bit about just some of the basics of writing Revelation. So I wondered if I could just sort of talk briefly about that before we jump in and Mm -hmm. actually start reading some text.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Uh,
0: Yeah, and so this will be sort of your your intro tutorial. Right. Most scholars, I would say like majority of like mainstream scholars think that Revelation was written in the the mid-90s of the Common Era. 90s AD, if you will. Uh, And so this would be in the reign of Emperor Domitian in the Roman Empire. Um, Scholars will suggest that in all likelihood, it was written in what we call Turkey today, modern day Turkey, they would have called it um, uh, Asia Minor or a number of other things. And if you just Google seven churches of Revelation map, you'll you'll see all of the seven churches that that Revelation is written to on a map, and they're all in modern-day Turkey. The author is someone named John, and John was a common name in the first century. He's writing from this tiny island called Patmos. The imperial cult is flourishing in Asia Minor at the time, and so Christians have options about who they're going to worship. And then as um, as, uh, Mitchell talked about last week, there's sort of like social and cultural pressure to participate in all these uh, options to worship. Uh, so there probably wasn't outright persecution, but um, sort of like social pressure and social ostracism if Christians weren't participating in ways. Uh, and so there's sort of like, you, you might even imagine culture wars in, within churches where some churches are like, let's go ahead and fully participate and engage in society. This is sort of <laughs> sounds like,
1: yeah right
0: <laughs> <laughs> some churches are like no we need to distance ourselves and separate from culture and worship and society in order to keep ourselves
2: yeah. <laughs> holy and
0: safe. uh different reasons you know yeah. first century and 21st century but it still feels like you know the the political you know um conflict is there to what extent can can we participate in roman imperial society can to what extent can we as Christians, if we believe Jesus is Lord, uh, go to temples and festivals and societies and cults all dedicated to the Roman rulers and other Greco-Roman deities. That's, a, hmm. that's sort of a situation that that um, the Christians that John is writing to find themselves in, and, and, and they're butting heads. Is that helpful?
1: <laughs> it is, yeah. And, you know, like you said, it's just... Uh things are, are a little more similar. I was even thinking, not necessarily with related to the pandemic and, you know, what's, what's acceptable and what's not, but even pre-pandemic, you know, like at least in, in Decatur, church is not the priority for people. And so, you know, mm. if I have friends who don't go to church and want to get brunch on a Sunday morning, I'm like, yeah, I love brunch, but it's going to have to wait till after one o'clock because I have to go to <laughs> church. You right. know you kind of get the weird look of like, "Wait what <laughs> so right. uh, there's even even pre pandemic there's some some similarities between us and first century
0: <laughs> absolutely, yeah, <clears throat> well, yeah, and revelation um sort of begs begs the question, who do you worship or what do you worship, and why mm. uh, and what are the things that sort of distract from the worship of god mm-hmm. um, and uh, and we 're still wrestling with that, and I think in some ways the pandemic has revealed that what are the essentials? of our faith as churches that we're going to cling to. And for some churches, it's like, no, we have to be together. That's the mm-hmm. most sacred, holy thing for some churches. No protecting the most vulnerable among us is is mm-hmm. more important than that. All right. Well, so I'm wondering if we can transition and actually read chapter one of revelation. Um, and this is, I mean, this is the very beginning. Uh, it's, it's an introduction uh, and also um, sort of a, 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 john's commissioning moment as as he understands it um what if i read the first three verses kk and then you read maybe through verse eight and we'll pause and talk about it um and we 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 talked about this we decided we'd read this aloud for podcast listeners in case you're driving in your car out for a walk and you don't have time to hit pause and read it for yourself so uh, so this is the first three verses The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place, he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testified to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near.
1: John to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priests serving his God and father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. Hmm. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) awesome thanks yeah you're welcome even there it's all already a pretty wild ride wouldn't you yeah (laughs) absolutely yes i'm wondering you know what is your sort of general perspective like general impression just of this intro section does anything stand out to you or does it have any sort of impact uh, as a whole
1: sure yeah so um there were two things that jumped out at me, uh, in verse three, um, the using of the word blessed is the one, Mm. um, took me back to, uh, you know, the sermon on the mountain, the Beatitudes kind of, um, I know that those are not this book and and those are not written by the same author, but, um, that was kind of like, I feel like I have a rhythm when I read those words normally. And I just automatically went to that rhythm (laughs) when I was reading those, those intro words in verse three. Um, and I know we're gonna unpack that a little bit more um and then the other thing um versus uh let's see, I guess four through eight, especially, like I kind of uh, in my mind hear fanfare like trumpet fanfare happening behind me of like mm-hmm. this big you know righteous person you know and and kind of announcing this big, huge thing um the visual there is is pretty at least in my mind very clear um of what they're trying to convey.
0: Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it's a full sensory experience it feels yeah. even from the yes. outside. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love the tru- yeah. And we will, you know, hear actual trumpets I think yeah later on uh in the book. <laughs> so, um I actually have in my Bible at verse 3 beatitude form blessed is the one blessed mm-hmm. is the one blessed are those um so yeah it certainly evokes um or at least a similar form as what Matthew is doing in the sermon on the mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. Um, I have underlined there, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy. The The thought is that whoever is reading this and hearing this, they're going to read it in the context of worship. You you mm-hmm. wouldn't have your own personal study Bible in the first century because you're not literate and I'm not literate. We only have right. maybe a couple people in our church that know how to read. And so they would read it to us as a church when we gather for worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we would then be those who hear. uh but it's, it, you know, it sort of also echoes throughout time. Blessed are all of those who hear mm-hmm. uh, and who keep what is written so that it sort of, you know, in some senses includes us. Mm-hmm. In that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say like a specific name or those in Ephesus, you know, it, it's open-ended uh, to be but, applied to everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay, hey, hey, my hunch is that, you know, that seven, seven is sort of a specific uh, significant number in scripture.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: what do you make of verse four John to the seven churches that are in Asia? Do you think that is seven specific churches or is it symbolic of all churches that?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, I think maybe both, um, uh, you know, just because I I feel like the seven churches here are maybe intended in the moment for seven specific churches. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, that's something because the number seven is so important. Uh, and is symbolic throughout revelation um you know meaning perfection and wholeness, then again that's something that can be applied I think to today's reader that it doesn't mean just these seven small c churches uh i I would say big c church universal church could probably be applied um what to to that phrase
0: uh, that's yeah that's what my gut tells me too, is yeah like John has mm-hmm. picked these seven churches but he's sort of speaking to them and then through them to, to the universe. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. What else stands out to you as sort of curious or noteworthy or.
1: Yeah. Um, so I underlined when I was reading through this, um, let's see in verse. No, I'm losing it. Uh, verse six, um, where it says, "And made us to be a kingdom like those, you know, six or seven Mm -hmm. words. um, the, I, I have been doing a lot of, uh, just in, in general, like reframing what things can look like because that's the world we're living in right now. Mm. Um, and so for me, that verse stood out because it said made us, you know, and again, I feel like that, that is a collective us as Mm. followers of Christ, um, to be a kingdom. Um, and I, I think that it's not talking about a kingdom in the sense of having power Uh, Or a group of people having power and suppressing a group of people who don't, but reframing what the word kingdom means. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, kind of the kingdom of heaven on earth kind of mentality. um, And I have no idea if that's correct or not, but (laughs) that was just something. (laughs) Yeah, that was just. We're not talking about, you know, a a power structure here, because that was the whole point of Jesus's ministry, right? Was to kind of break that apart Mm -hmm. um, and to flip things on their head and say, you know, you've heard it said this, but I say to you, um, and so I I like to think, or I'd like to hope that um, the word kingdom here is supposed to be reframing what that looks like um, and having a perfect kingdom, um, you know, where, where everyone is equal um, and, and kind of taking that apart a little bit mm-hmm. mm.
0: oh I love that you like draw attention to the us and uh you know he's writing to seven churches not seven individuals I feel like so often in recent church history we have made faith just about us you know this is mm-hmm. an individualistic thing but uh you know John is right and and the left behind series makes it a very individual thing except mm-hmm. Jesus as your personal lord and savior Mm -hmm. Uh, but john is not writing to individuals he's writing to churches right Mm -hmm. right that's you know the whole enterprise (laughs) is you know we are Mm -hmm. together Um,
1: yeah and i i mean and i don't know if i should confess this to my uh (laughs) professor from seminary (laughs) or not but you know like i did not look up and see you know what if this is singular us or you know uh collective us right um, i'm just going to be i'm just going to say for me i am interpreting it <laughs> as collective us
0: i think um, because
1: yeah like we are in this it. together mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. so um and
0: now in a pandemic
1: yeah absolutely
0: the the i think you know you drawing your attention to kingdom as you know kingdom language is political language mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. dominion language later in that versus political language yeah I've underlined several other places The the middle of verse five, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, Martus is mm-hmm. where we use the word martyr witness, mm-hmm. uh, firstborn of the dead, the ruler of the Kings of earth. That, that sure is political language. Like who is yeah. the ruler of the Kings of earth and the Roman empire. It's the Roman emperor. And here, right. John is claiming something that would, be considered treasonous, you know, Mm. within the context of the Roman Empire to say, no, there's, there's someone actually, uh, who's, who's above the (laughs) Roman Emperor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's okay. You know, um, like, again, it comes back to reframing, uh, like what the expectation was and looking at that through the lens of what God and Christ would actually have us do. Um, so yeah. Yes. Mm
0: it's uh it's maybe a good reminder and mitchell said something about this last week how much he loves the alpha and omega language and this is mm-hmm. good be, you know the first and last letters of mm-hmm. that. Uh,
1: i do remember that part uh. <laughs> it's,
0: it's a comforting image you know so yeah sure the alpha and the omega but 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 um here john is testifying to a higher truth that you know that Jesus and God are the Alpha and the Omega. And mm-hmm. probably in, in, in my reading, every letter in between there too, not just the right. Alpha and Omega, but Beta, Gamma, Delta, and
2: mm-hmm. so
0: forth. Even, you know, even 2020 is included in there. Yeah. God is somehow present in our midst, uh, in the in the midst of all this mess.
1: Yeah, yeah, Omega is the thing that keeps moving. Like the end mm-hmm. of, of the thing <laughs> is not a, a set point. <laughs> We're never going to reach it. Uh, you know, so just, I mean, uh, maybe that sounds cynical, but, um, I think it sounds hopeful, <laughs> you know, like I do too. there's still work to be done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: God is, um, God is before Rome. God is after Rome. God is before pandemic. God is, mm-hmm. after pandemic. God is in, in pandemic too. Yeah. An yeah. Animal.
1: And, and reading, um, the, the phrases, uh, who was and is, and who is to come, Uh, you know, for me, that also, uh, ties back to the first chapter of the gospel of John, Mm -hmm. you know, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and with God. Um, and, and I know we're going to talk, we we talked a little bit about authorship, um, of the book and whether or not, you know, those are the same people. But, uh, I like that there's connections like that. It's like, yeah, this is a constantly intertwined story. Um, and you can't just section things off, uh, you know, for whatever reason, um especially even if it's something we don't understand, like apocalyptic literature, <laughs> you know um <laughs> right. they connect to the larger arc of you know, you know the Christian story so
0: yeah well, i'll I'll point out one other thing that I'd love to point out in this section to mm-hmm. I teach this class um for our podcast listeners the The very first word is apokalypsis in Greek uh where we get the English word apocalypse, and so revelation actually um the 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 genre apocalyptic literature which you mentioned and Mitchell detailed last week uh borrows its name from this book Revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, An apocalypse simply means a revelation or revealing. Uh mm-hmm. and there's it's interesting. It's it's singular. It's only revelation. It's not revelations, right? Mm, yeah. Like left the left behind series and so many, you know, other folks like it tend to think there's a lot of revelations about mm-hmm. how the end of the world is going to happen, but really, what this book is revealing, it tells you right up front the revelation of Jesus Christ and who He is, mm-hmm. and what that what that means, you know, for for how we understand the world.
1: There you go. I'll never call it with an S again. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> that's a big no no.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even, I mean, even the title of my like in my Bible it says the Revelation to John. You know, like singular, you yes. know, one thing. So that's right, yeah.
0: I have to swallow a lot of Bible scholar pride when I, I ever <laughs> hear anybody call it revelations.
1: Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Oh, man. So,
1: yeah, we'll, we'll survive.
0: Yeah. Well, um, can we go ahead and read 9 through 20 and see sort Sure. we want to pick out? What if I start reading? I'll read the first paragraph. You can read the second, though. Okay. Wrap this up. So yeah, verse 9 for our podcast listeners. I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the persecution and the kingdom and the patient endurance, was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write in a book what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea.
1: Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me, and on turning, I saw seven golden lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands, I saw one like the Son of Man, clothed in a long robe and with a golden sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white as white wool, white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined as in a furnace and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining with full force.
0: When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. He placed his right hand on me, saying, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, and the living one. I was dead, and see, I am alive forever and ever and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Now write what you have seen, what is and what is to take place after this. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Hmm. All right. Thanks be to God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. wow lots yeah lots I mean you know lots of stuff already going on here in chapter one Mm -hmm. um so I'm curious how this sort of like sets with you or what sort of what impression does this chunk make
1: yeah um so you know when especially when you get down to verse 12 uh you know 12 to 16 um, the, the imagery of what, uh, the one, like the son of man looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't understand why no one, maybe they have, but I have not come across a children's coloring page for Sunday (laughs) school with the person who looks like this. Um, but yeah, the imagery, like of what we typically, I feel like think of what Jesus looks like, you know, placed side by side with this, um, big things have changed, uh, and, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not the calm, pastoral, genteel, you know, son of man that maybe we uh picture a lot of times, so yeah. the imagery is powerful,
0: yeah, strong, right? Yeah, like, it yeah. makes the impact,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: I think so too. Um, and and John falls down as a response in verse seven, right? You know, in the Roman Empire, you know, there would be statues set up of the emperors. Uh, and this, this, you know, sort of gives off that impression, uh, especially with like his feet being like burnished bronze and so mm-hmm. forth. This sort of like powerful, uh, yeah, image of this um, ruling authority figure.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It it is, you know, um, a lot of this language actually comes from the Book of Daniel. Revelation ends up quoting the Old Testament a lot, and so mm. you know, when we're wondering, you know, what in the world is all this about, it's a, it's, it's possible to maybe like take this too literally to say mm-hmm. oh, he really has white, white hair and, you know, uh, and um, his eyes are like actually flames of fire. But, you mm-hmm. know, again, like you said, this is trying to make sort of an emotional impact on the reader. Uh, mm-hmm. we, shouldn't, we shouldn't necessarily think, Oh, this is exactly what Jesus looks like. Feet like burnished bronze sort of give this like um, sense of stability mm-hmm. um, and strength. Right. Mm it's it's a, it's dangerous to take revelation too literally if you
1: right know. well and it'll it'll lead to lots and lots of um rabbit chases, I think you yeah. know and uh or you know in some ways even like trying to fit God or Jesus or our faith into a box, you know mm-hmm. like it, it has to look exactly this way um and so it's a good reminder of you know there can be power and images and things that doesn't have to be taken at its, you know, at word for word, uh, there's some flexibility in that too. Absolutely. Mm. I
0: I can't remember if I said this in the podcast last week, but you know, I think revelation is sort of like an impressionist painting where if you sort Mm. of squint your eyes a little bit, it actually becomes clearer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's good.
0: You don't want to get hung up on all the nitty gritty of the details, but just sort of squint your eyes and think, what's Mm -hmm. the overall impression that we're getting here? And I think you nailed it, you know, and John, John has made his impact. Mm-hmm, For sure. Yeah. John. So I, I'll, I'll tease out, you know, it says, I, John, your brother. I said this already. John is a common name, uh, in the first century. Uh, mm-hmm. so very likely not the same as the author of the gospel. The writing style is different, but there mm-hmm. is some similarity of language between the two books that, um, have connected them throughout history. Mm hmm. Uh, they are both you know scholars will lump them together as like you know, johannine literature sort of like in this john category mm-hmm. um he's, he's he's on patmos the island we mentioned that uh we can only guess why he's there a lot of scholars have thought that some form of like persecution or maybe exile for his preaching mm-hmm. you know <laughs> mm-hmm. preaching is a dangerous Things sometimes, <laughs> right? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, he says, right? You know, in, in the beginning of nine, like because I share in the persecution, you know, um, he he mentions that, right? Uh, yeah,
0: and was was on the island called Patmos because of or on account mm-hmm. of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus, mm-hmm. presumably, which he's preaching or or proclaiming. Yeah,
1: yeah, right.
0: Yeah, and here you see a, a like a word of patient endurance. Uh, mm. Encouragement to persevere even in the midst of troubles and difficult, mm. sort of like a hang in there. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: relevant for today.
0: <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> like so. a word
1: that we all need.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm. The the sense that I get when I um sort of step back and look at this one in the midst of seven churches is um Jesus is present with us. It's mm-hmm. a word of comfort, I think. Absolutely. Um, you know, Jesus is in the midst of the churches and all that's happening to you and all that you're struggling with, um God is still in your midst and mm-hmm. it's easy to forget that sometimes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I um in verse 17, uh after John says that he fell at his feet, the response is he placed his right hand on me saying, "Do not be afraid mm. and uh, you know we see that phrase over and over and over again in scripture and so even in this uncertain you know what's what's exactly happening here kind of you know book um, the words do not be afraid still appear and it's it's uh, if I'm reading it correctly, which I think I am, it's the very first thing that this Son of man, says out loud uh no i guess not because back in verse 11 um he talks about writing the book um so i was wrong on that front but it's one of the first things yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah. one of the first things uh that that he says um you know is do not be afraid so
0: absolutely that's
1: a good thing to hold on to all the time
0: (laughs) absolutely Mm. Yeah, and I love you know. Right after that, verse eighteen, I'm the living one. Uh, I am. De- I was dead, but look, I'm alive forever, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. Even mm-hmm. death itself, I have power over. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the thing yeah. scares us more than anything. Mm. Uh, Jesus is Lord, even of that.
1: Mm-hmm. That it's- is, yeah. To, that that feels. Um, I don't know that I necessarily would have expected those kinds of words to come out of the mouth of someone who is described as they are, you know, in in this chapter like if you know we talked about the the imagery of the son of man is one of strength and all of that and hmm. and so you would think like with words like dominion and kingdom you know it would become to just clear everything out and and make things the way they should be and yet words of comfort are is what is being uttered um
2: Mm-hmm. And that
1: just those two things together, you know, again, are like, you know, here's what the world expects. And here's what I am saying. They're not at, they don't add up because what I'm saying is that much more um, important or powerful than, you know, than maybe what the world thinks.
0: Hmm. This, yeah. is, this is someone that's strong enough to care for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and maybe is what I hear you saying.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, I do like this image in verse 16. In his right hand, he held seven stars. And these are symbolic of angels of the seven churches, which themselves are probably symbolic of just the seven churches. It gets a little Mm -hmm. redundant. But, you know, um, this image is sort of like of Jesus holding the churches in his hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. an intimate, uh, again, caregiving. Yeah. I think. Mm Mm-hmm. I do, I do wonder in the, in the chapters that will follow, uh, and I'm not sure how much of this we'll read in the, in the weeks to come. We can't, we can't cover every verse in Revelation in this series, but, um, there will be significant challenge in chapter two and chapter three to the seven churches. So Mm -hmm. I can't help but wonder too, if like Jesus's presence is not just comfort and encouragement, but it's also, challenge, like, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm, yeah. I'm here
0: in your midst. Now do what you're supposed yeah. to do. Come alongside <laughs> me and right. partner with me and how I'm at work in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Don't worship Caesar. Mm-hmm. Don't worship the things that you're tempted to worship on a daily or weekly basis, but um, follow the Holy Spirit and mm. uh, and see see, you know, where I'm at work in the world. I think about that in terms of Um, some of the the conversations that churches are being invited into or should be invited into Mm -hmm. with respect to racial justice. Like I'm here uh, now let's be church. Yeah. Churches are supposed to do even in a pandemic. Yeah. uh, You know, you're still supposed to be working towards this vision of, of justice for the world.
1: Mm. Yeah. That's, that's a good challenge, a a terrifying one, (laughs) um, but definitely one you know, that, that I think we all need to hear yeah. in the midst of everything going on. Hmm.
0: Maybe that's this two-edged sword. It cuts both. Yeah. Ways. <laughs> yeah. There <laughs> <First> you go. <laughs>
1: that's perfect. It's
0: good. It's encouraging, but it's also, yeah. Edge, right? Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, man.
0: <laughs> well, this is so good so far.
1: I, I know. know. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's just I mean, I will probably admit that this is the most time that I have spent uh, with my Bible turned to the Book of Revelation, um, ever. And, and so, uh, you know, it's there's just so much here. Uh, I will definitely have to continue journeying with you all uh, mm. and learning more.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: because um, there, there's good stuff.
0: It is. It's it's mm. a hard book, but it it's certainly rich and rewarding mm-hmm. to make your way through it. So yeah any sort of key takeaways, you know, I know we're, we're wrapping up, but, um, any, any, like, is there one thing that sort of speaks to you most profoundly from this, you know, conversation that we've had together?
1: Yeah. Um, I still think, uh, again, on my first read through the, the phrase that jumped out, uh, which we've talked about is the Mm -hmm. made us to be a kingdom. Um, And so in light of especially all of the things happening in our country Mm -hmm. with um, race and racial injustice, um, you know, that I I still feel like reframing what the word kingdom means uh, is just so important. Um, And, you know, kingdom versus church, I feel like was, like we've talked about, is a very, real thing that uh, the author of the book was trying to figure out how to talk about. We're still battling that today. It's just that our kingdoms look like different things and our churches look like different things, um, maybe. Um, so I, I still think that uh, this message of hope that that Jesus is offering or the Son of Man is offering in this um, is definitely one we should pay attention to and take comfort in and the right amount of challenge. You know, it's not a a free pass of like, Hey, I'm here. So I got this, you know, I think you're exactly spot on when you say, uh, it's a challenge of what church should be. Um, you know, kingdom language can be harmful and, uh, or not accessible. Cause that's not kind of a reality we live in, but right. reframing it, um, especially in this time, I feel like is, is pretty important. And, and a good power, powerful message and, and challenge for us.
0: It is, it, you know, un- In its own awkward way, it feels like the pandemic is sort of a gift and that it forced Mm -hmm. me to think, what... What does it really mean to be church?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: when we can't gather, you know, on Sunday mornings, like when we can't do all the meetings that we're used to doing and like what what is it really like distilled to its essence? Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to be up to? And I think, you know, what you have said is is touching on some really critical pieces of
1: that. Yeah, yeah, and then when things, you know, and we've talked about this at least on our church staff and I imagine the Tabernacle staff has too, you know, church isn't going to be the same whenever we get back together in person as it was on March 1st. And mm. so what are the the gifts that we have been given and the things that we have learned in the midst of this? You know, uh, we've seen lots of, of memes and quotes going around of, you know, church isn't the four walls. We, we're we not, we don't go to church. We are called to be church. Right. Um, church is more than the building. And and I feel like this passage is is speaking to that too. So... Who knows where we'll be, <laughs> but yeah. we'll figure it out. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Kristen, it has been so delightful to talk to you on this. Yeah. And this, to sort of use revelation, you know, one as an excuse, just to chat. and <laughs> <laughs> um, Well,
1: but... you didn't scare me away, so I'll come back and chat anytime. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but two, to see, you know, sort of start digging around and see what sort of, um, you know, treasures this book holds for us as we reflect on what it means to be faithful, you know, witnesses Mm -hmm. to Christ today. So Mm -hmm. um, thanks so much for for joining us. Um, Absolutely. Certainly look forward to um, finding ways to to keep uh, in touch as the the month's. (laughs) Need to wear on
1: yeah wonderful thank you for having me
0: yeah podcast listeners thanks for hanging in there we'll see you on Facebook and uh, look forward to um, catching up next week too blessings to you all take care